I'm Caroline. Over the years, I've started a bunch of creative projects I failed to finish. So I wanted to talk to creative people, writers, comedians, filmmakers, photographers, musicians, about how they work and what they do when things get tough. Learn the secrets of finishing. From Dublin, Ireland, it's Operation Project. Hello, I'm Caroline. Welcome to my podcast. Normally, I talk to people I admire and respect about how they do their creative projects. Uh, my podcast has been on hiatus for a couple of months. All the COVID bullshit hit. And I did three episodes over the internet. I used like Skype and something else. But I didn't enjoy it as much as sitting in a room with a real life person. Some warmth and connection was lost. So I will soon be going back to sitting, chatting and getting to the heart of art with my guest as we connect, drink tea and just like have a laugh, really. And speaking of warmth and connection being lost, on to this episode. So I've just been through a breakup with my long term partner just nearly seven weeks ago now. It's no one's fault, just differences. And we're being kind and compassionate to each other. Grief and the pressures of lockdown brought sharply to the forefront some problems that were always there, but we pushed to the side in favour of what worked great in our relationship. But this podcast isn't about that relationship or the reasons for the breakup, but about what I'm doing for myself to help me ensure I come out the other side better than ever. So if you've listened to my podcast before, you'll know my ex is a stand-up comedian and I'm sure they will talk about their side of it through comedy, which will be hugely insightful and funny, I've no doubt. But me, I've learned a fucking huge amount the last six weeks and I thought I would put it out there in the hope that some of it could be helpful for anyone going through the same kind of thing, especially during this fucking poxy lockdown time. So today's operation project the guest is me and the project is me. My identity was very wrapped up in my ex. We were together for 28 years since I was pretty much 16. We shared a home and a cat. We were best friends and we produced comedy together. For very fair reasons, I was the one that had to leave our home. So I had to pull myself together and just get the fuck on with my life in the quickest time frame that I could manage. So here are my 13 steps. To breaking up without cracking up. One. Split. After we called it quits, I phoned a trusted, sympathetic friend and asked could I stay with her a week. So I had one week not to worry about what came next. She was a friend from only really the last couple of years, so she didn't know me that well. And that felt kind of right to me. And more importantly for me, she knew me more as me than as one half of a couple. And she's fucking lovely. She lives alone, a bike ride from my work, has a cat, a car and a spare room. So in the midst of trauma, even I'm quite good at strategy. So I left pretty much an hour after we broke up. The hour away from my friend was tough in a one bedroom flat, but we managed. I packed a few very crucial things such as my Mac, stuff to run, stuff to do yoga, notebook, phone charger and I split. Now, we've talked a few times after, but I think maybe a couple of times too often. It felt very good to talk to my ex, like really good, like probably doing fucking heroin does. So it confused my feelings. And every time I did it, I probably set myself back a little bit. But then again, I needed it at the time. So who can say? 
but I just left. And that was the right thing to do. Two. Do. I did all my normal stuff. Going to work, running, yoga. I tried just to be me and do all the things I knew were good for me and made me feel like myself. It was important that I keep control over my good habits and preserve who I've worked hard to become the last few years. I told my boss and my colleagues to get a little bit of a pass on patchy work or being distracted. And seriously, they couldn't have been more understanding. A lot of that first week felt like when there's an accident and you call an ambulance and suddenly you're super calm in the face of just mad shit. I was basically calling an ambulance for six days straight. That's how it felt. But that phase passed. Three. Eat. I ate what I could, which wasn't that much. I took vitamins, drank loads of water, took Rubex. I craved spinach and eggs. And it was weird about tomatoes. So I just rolled with eating whatever I felt like. I've been eating a lot less, doing either breakfast or lunch, but always having dinner. So that two meal thing kind of worked for me. In fact, it worked very well because I shifted a few pounds that were seriously bothering me. And the benefit of heartbreak, I guess, is it improved jeans fit. My appetite's still not where it was, but that's probably because my shopping and cooking habits have radically changed. I'm not overthinking it, it's grand. And I got pissed a couple of times with really good friends, but I did not lose myself in a wine bottle as I could have. I've actually been very conservative about drinking. Four, cry. I fucking love crying. And I was racked with heaving sobs on the regular and I still am, really. Cycling down the Grand Canal, big fucking round tears blurring up my vision was very normal for that first few weeks. And even sitting with someone having a chat, I just fucking burst into tears. I read somewhere that grief is love that has no place to go and crying while painful it does actually make you feel good. I've cried in front of all sorts of people and everyone's been super nice about it. Five. Talk. In the few days after I phoned or met up with and talked to all my good friends and family to explain what happened and mostly for at least two hours each. So right at the start, sometimes I was talking 10 hours a day and my throat was killing me. It was mad. I talked more about my relationship in that week than I had in the 28 years preceding it, to be honest. And every new person I talked to, I'd reframe and reveal things to myself that ultimately helped me grow, move on and move forward. I've also engaged with a counsellor, which I find out fucking everyone has gone to a counsellor at one point or the other. Everyone's always telling me about their counsellors. And I talked to her once a week. So I just blurt out a big load of shite and she joins the dots for my thoughts and my feelings in a way that can help me make sense of things, I think, for my past and hopefully for my future. And I should have done all that shit years ago, to be honest. Needless to say, I didn't talk badly of my ex. That isn't helpful for anyone. And I asked others to please not do it if they started trash talking. I'm not angry or bitter, so I don't need them to be on my behalf. Six. Listen. As I've been opening up to my friends, being very vulnerable on all matters of me and my relationship and my fears, my insecurities, my history, my childhood, what I've been hiding, what I've been showing, I found out that others have opened to me in return about their pasts and their nows, their worries for the future. My friendships have strengthened in ways that I would never have imagined and it's really the single best thing about the breakup so far. But music has gone super weird for me. I can't listen to anything we liked together. So everything 
from Big Black to the Beatles, Popoli itself to Billy Joel, Astrid Gilberto to the Strokes is just completely off the table. It causes me way too much pain. So I've been listening to a lot of Wilco, just because I don't really like them. Like when you take up smoking when you're a teen, with a bit of honest effort, you push through. So now I love Wilco. See also The Clash. I've listened to dozens of podcasts, mostly self-help ones, and they have helped fucking enormously. Tim Ferriss, of course. Where Should We Begin? The School of Greatness. Being Well. Other People's Problems and heaps more. So I will put the very insightful episodes in the show notes because I've starred them as I've gone. The really fucking good ones. Seven. Right. I journal every morning. So I've written fucking 43,000 words in the last six weeks. I found it helped me process my thoughts and emotions. So instead of churning round and round in my head, these things have somewhere to go. And articulating my feeling, it, it feelings, they just calms me and gives some context and grounding so I can start like pissed off and finish 20 minutes of writing totally calm it's like the act of finding adequate wording it's kind of a soul puzzle that quietens my mind so just every morning I just pull out my mac and just blah 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 just start writing eight read so Jesus I read tons and tons of stuff about breaking up uh, the book Conscious Uncoupling by Catherine Woodward Thomas that got me through the early part because it was important for me to take responsibility for my part in the relationship and the breakup and learn from it and grow with some good grace. And that book has loads of exercises, kind of journaling exercises and things for doing just that. And I did not know it was some Gwyneth Paltrow thing until someone told me. I heard about it on the Tim Ferriss podcast with Blake Mycosi. And just I was on a run and I just immediately went home and bought it for Kindle because he made it sound so good. Uh, I also sent a copy to my ex, which is the most Caroline thing ever. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson, I have found incredible. That's full of actionable, practical ways to reframe how you think about yourself in the world, how you think about the world. And it's also, it's fucking hilarious. So his website has loads of great articles and I happily handed over 40 quid for an annual sub as I feel he almost saved me in a way with his helpful modern philosophies on life. A lot of stuff about finding your values and getting less hung up on goals. I've been finding that very useful. I read a few pages of The Power of Now and then I forgot about it. I read shitloads of like forum and Reddit threads. I never really read Reddit before because I didn't, didn't, kind of didn't want to go down that hole. But I read loads of stuff about breakups and I clipped the best parts that really resonated with me to a notepad to read later. And I'm right now reading E Pray Love, so fuck off. Nine, hang. I hang out with old friends, new friends, whoever I can scare up. Pop-ins, I'm encouraging. And I just reach out all the time and say, hey, do you want to get a coffee? Do you want to call around for a glass of wine? Go for a walk, go for dinner? To anyone, whenever I feel like it. And really, a lot of people say yes. Or they go, not today, but like, does Tuesday work? So then I have things to do during the week. I watch The Sopranos with my best friends once a week. I go to their flat, we have dinner and we watch three episodes. I had never seen The Sopranos. Oh my God, it's fucking so funny. 20 years people have been saying, oh, watch The Sopranos, it's amazing, you should watch it. No one has ever mentioned how fucking gas it is. I can't believe it. So watching TV alone sucks. I've no interest in it. But I love Sopranos night. It's a highlight of my week. 
So I'm trying to see in everyone I meet what I loved in my ex, creativity and humor and really just making a connection. Because when you're part of a couple, sometimes it feels like your other half is technical or hyper resolution 3D and everyone else is just a bit fucking pixely NPCs. But that really isn't the case. Everyone is someone. And I'm quite humbled to say that I'm only really seeing that now. 10. B. When you're half of a couple, you have someone there for the nice things like watching the hunt for Red October, taking a walk or going out to dinner. As well as for the more mundane things like grocery shopping, fucking chores, cooking, all the stuff that makes up life really. So one of the hardest things for me was the loss of the automatic hang. Would I be okay by myself? Would I go mad with the loneliness? Well, it turns out that being alone is actually quite nice and you can do things exactly when you want. You make your own schedule for the nice things and the mundane things, or you just say, fuck that and go out and get some ramen instead. Being with myself was something I was frankly terrified of, but now I really like it. My time is just that, it's my time. And I don't have to worry about making someone else happy all day, every day. Not that I should have been doing that anyway, I realize now. I'm even finally fucking meditating, Christ, imagine. 11, learn. I joined a weekly acting class like 10 days after the breakup. Not least because it was pretty much the only thing going on on me. Oh, lockdown and it was there. It was amazing. So it was fucking terrifying to do mime in front of 20 strangers in this like church hall. So I'd forget all about the breakup for that hour and a half. More importantly, it was an opportunity to be just Caroline rather than half of a couple. And now the people in my class, they're becoming my friends and we go to dinner after class and it's another weekly highlight. Um, In my new flat, there's a proper fucking piano like a actual honest to god piano so i plan to learn that because for me learning new things is essential to helping to say a kind goodbye to the past and move forward in a fun and positive friendly way 12 help so i think it's good to think of someone else rather than yourself even when you're in a time of like having total shit It really brings things into perspective. So I spend a bit more time with my old dad now. He's 80 and he lives alone. So I bike up every week and I do chores for him and I make him brunch and sometimes I stay the night. And we've been talking more honestly with each other, which has brought us closer when he fucking remembers to put his hearing aids in. I want to do more helping-y type things. So teach some free yoga classes, maybe to the older people. Do some mentoring or something. But I, right now, I'm actually a bit wary of taking on too much at once. So I'll do that later. I, I have loads of time. I'm not worried about that. 13. Plan. I was half of a romantic couple, but I was also half of a creative partnership. And the loss of that is really fucking hard for me. Because I got huge personal satisfaction from that part of us helping a creative person get the best from themselves. So now I'm no longer in fucking call in ambulance mode. I want to find a place for my dynamic facilitator energy. So I have some ideas for creative projects. So finding some like-minded collaborators to work on and have fun with and really not worry too much about the outcome. That's what I want to put my energy into next. And also there's no reason why I can't be the creative lead on something, be the champion. I think I can do that. I was just scared before. I think it's less risky to help someone than to do something yourself. I've always found that. So I have to spend my time somehow. So what is important to me? That's a question I have to work on answering.
I'd also like to finish my fucking novel, which I set aside as I got into doing stuff with comedy. And the protagonist is just after a breakup. So I can certainly use my experiences to bring some honesty to that. But I suppose that's what life is, using your experiences, learning from them rather than carrying them. I still cry pretty much every day as I let go of who I thought I was and learn to embrace uncertainty because man, fucking nothing certain, you know? And I'm beginning to accept that life just happens, but I can choose to make whatever meaning I want from that. So thank you for listening, embarrassing as this is. It felt good to do it. So if you liked it, I don't know, leave a review or whatever. And I will be back to regular Operation Project podcasts very soon. Take care.